Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Radio. Look, I'm not saying that nobody wants to hear a story from you. I'm just saying that people are going to care more about a story where I almost die because I have people that love me and you are a sad, lonely little man who uh, just lives in an apartment all by himself. You would die and it would take days for your neighbors to even know that you were dead. They'd have to wait for your smell. (laughs) That's so mean. I'm sorry, bud. I love you. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. All right, I said last time, I said it. I said it was going to be a short episode. And then I went and made that motherfucker 90 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Standards. 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 Standard practices and procedures for this show. However, this time, I do promise, short. Why? Mark his words. Not a whole lot going on. I think you and I have two movies to review. You're going to be reviewing Vacation Friends. I'll be reviewing Vacation Friends with you. And then I also watched Candyman. So I'll have a review for Candyman. And then um, I'm just I'm just going to give brief impressions. I finally caught up with uh, some TV shows. So I'll just give some brief impressions nice. on, on a TV show that I, that I caught up on. Jay, anything else that you're going to be talking about in what are you watching? Uh, Neil Jordan. He is an Irish director that's done a bunch of uh, things, and I just kind of caught up with a couple of his movies, some Irish movies, on Dean and Breakfast on Pluto. Okay, never heard of either of them, so that sounds like a Jay's indie. It is corner. a double feature. I know. Director so, director focused indie corner. A director focused indie corner. So do, do I have to like do a fake synopsis for this director, or do I just pick one of the movies and make a fake synopsis? Think for those? Uh, Irish Ridley Scott. I, You'll love it. <laughs> I don't know. So, heard some feedback on my Ridley Scott impression, which I've been doing since like this show started. Which it's like, first off, it's not an impression; it's just right. how he sounds in my head, in your head, yeah. And I've explained that He's, like so many times that like this is not what Ridley Scott sounds like. This is just in right. our head. This is wh- how we fantasize him to be, right? Because me and Jay saw an interview with him once where he was being completely surly, as he literally had a a scotch glass in his hand and cigar also. And Beautiful it was, thing. and like, right. <laughs> so to me and Jay, like, automatically, we ran with it. Yeah, we're just like, this is who this guy is at his core, right? Yes. In our head, that was always solidified. 100%. That that's who Ridley Scott is. So I, I, I make him completely uh, like Cockney in a terrible Cockney accent. And but anyway, the feedback was like, Dave, stop doing Ridley Scott. It's a terrible impression. It's like, but it's not an impression. This is like the imaginary friend Ridley Scott. That and I and love Jay, it, so shut up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the imaginary friend Ridley Scott that me and Jay have. Not the real Ridley Scott. Like. And it's a good, nice little like, recurring joke that we always do, <laughs> yeah. I feel like. I don't know. I think it works. So all your feedback, it stays. I'm sorry. It stays. <laughs> and then me and Dave got some news stories to run through with you. So without any further delay, Jay, let's get into this week's news. 
I'm still trying to figure out like this whole like soundboard thing that I'm doing. I obviously haven't like gotten it like, you know, all the way right yet. So <laughs> if some things like don't sound quite right, it's because I'm 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 doing them differently. Tinkering. <laughs> I'm just I'm just tinkering. Trying to make something a little bit more convenient so it cuts into the you know, the editing time. So essentially like me editing now is it's like Bill O'Reilly. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. That's pretty much how me and Jay are doing things these days. <laughs> pretty much. We're doing it live now in person. <laughs> Cut, right. And cutting. It's and, a little rough around the edges, but and, it's working. And cutting. We down. like it better. And and, so and, and just cutting down. Just just cutting down on on the amount of like audio that I have to like clip in to every episode. But Jay, we're here to talk about the news, so let's get into our first news story. All right, Jay, we're not doing a full-on trailer park or anything like that for this, but a teaser trailer just dropped for Rowan Emmerich's next film. We know this guy. He's really good at, like, disaster films, right? Sure. Independence Day, Day After Tomorrow, 2012, stuff like that. Sure. 10,000 BC. Not sure if there was an apocalypse in that, but it it was bad. That was just all around bad. But Rowan Emmerich's back. He's here, and he's doing another movie that's a disaster movie. Jay, it's called Moonfall. Would you mm. care to guess what it's about? The moon is falling. The moon is falling. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to write. You don't need to write a fucking college dissertation to figure that yeah. one out. <laughs> a simpleton like Jay can actually figure <laughs> this figure out. It out. It's about the moon falling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Moonfall will star Halle Berry, me and Jay's. Ooh, always like always. I think this is like the only guy that I think me and you would just double team ourselves. Like me and you, we, we I I actually might be able to stay hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guy. For Patrick Wilson, who's yes. also going to be in Moonfall, uh, and then it has Michael Pena, Donald Sutherland, and then we just round out the cast with a bunch of faces that you'll recognize, but also don't know the name of. And I'm not going to sit here and read all them off. So it's classic Emmerich style, you know. Pretty much. Disaster happens. Heroes rise. Shit happens. February 4th, 2022. So I was like, wow. Well, I mean, we're not really hyping this movie at all, are we? Right? Because it's like, it's like, it's it's out in like six months and it's just like. Yeah, but I I mean, we don't see trailers too far in advance very often anymore. I mean, sometimes uh, not studios for something experiment that, with it, you know, with the bigger blockbusters sometimes. Like, not but, for something that's not a property movie. And this isn't a property movie. Right. This is an, an, an IP, you know. It is, but this, a, this an could, original IP. This could have merit. This could have merit. We'll see. But again, it is what it is. It's a serviceable movie. It's it's All not right. an Oscar movie. So Rowan Emmerich, right? Number one movie, Independence Day, right? If you had to choose like another Rowan Emmerich movie, you're like, I like that one. What what would it be? I, I, I got to look at his filmography, but I think Day After Tomorrow is always a strong uh, candidate. But you know, not the 1998 Godzilla. He was he was only a writer. No, he was only a writer on that one. So don't so, so, don't, so, don't, so don't don't worry about that too much. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm just like you know, I look at his filmography and I was just like, all right. I mean, he did like Midway and stuff like that. But I think. I think the day after to the day after tomorrow. That's that's the one where I'm like, I don't hate it. That's what I'm saying. I think I, you know maybe the Patriot. You know, a little nostalgic trip for me because that He's was an like, executive producer on that. No, I think he directed it. No way. You did. 
He was the director of The Patriot? Yeah. Well, then that's my answer. I think so. I fucking that's my. I love that movie. I too. fucking love that movie. Because that was also right when I first started watching movies. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not not how America won the war or anything like that. <laughs> Nothing in that movie is historically accurate. With the but Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger. With the exception of them like going to, to like, Charlestown. Uh, mm, other than that, like everything else. Charlestown. Charlestown. The way they say it. Charlestown. We're going to Charlestown. Like it's Charleston, you little fuck. Jesus Christ. Say it right. I guess they've just enunciated everything back then. But anyway, uh, Roland Emmerich, new movie coming out. This was far longer than it needed to be. Next news story. I said things were going to be quick. I said they were, and I'm, I'm just fucking lying now. I'm fucking lying. All right, Jay. Venom. Let there be carnage. First off, we, we did a news story where it was potentially delayed. Sony said, no, 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 no. It's coming out on time. Not only will it be coming out on time, it Sony actually moved its release date up by two weeks. It's going to be coming out on October 1st now. Mm. That's a rumor. And now the MPAA has released the rating for Venom Let There Be Carnage. Remember when we did a trailer park and I was like, this has got to be rated R. It looks like it's going to be rated R. I even said that there's a moment where Carnage like picks up a guard and shoves his I'm, tongue down his throat. And I thought the director li- even said right, it was rated R. Right, and sucks his liquid insides out. And I was just like... That's pretty R-rated. We're getting there. It's not a red band trailer, but we're getting there. I think it's going to be R-rated. MPAA just said, no, 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 I also think test screenings perhaps played a part of this as well, as far as, you know, the playability of it all. Fuck a duck, dude. This is a movie that is about two psychopathic murdering But it's also a billion-hour movie, too. Symbiotes that all they... I know you're not you're not you don't have to sell me. I want rated R. All they do is consume, kill, reproduce, and make quips yeah. with the main character, I guess. I mean that that's what Venom does, but it's not what we want, but it's what he's gonna do anyway. And like that's all they do. Violence is like in their name. They like Venom's an anti hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like are we going to do a Punisher movie that's PG-13? Oh, did we do that already? A Punisher movie is PG-13? No, because they made them rated R. Even Thomas Jane Punisher was rated R. Suicide Squad. Rated R. Fix that. If it makes sense for it to be rated R, make it rated R. Because like, that's what works. Give your property the respect it deserves. I'm not saying I want to cut out like a bunch of the market to, to for going to see this, but if Venom comes out, Hey, and, I, and I'm a teenage kid. I'm taking my teenage kid. An to see R House Venom. Joker movie rated R made a billion dollars. I know. Anything has a chance. Just come saying. on. Come on. You fucked up, Sony. You let him do this to you. You fucked up. Next news story. RJ, I'm in love with this one because what is one of my favorite movies from the 90s? And I wish that this character, we, we, we could team them up with Captain America and Indiana Jones. And we could tell awesome World War II stories about these three characters punching Nazis. Freddy got fingered. The Rocketeer. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocketeer. So I love The Rocketeer. It's a very cheesy early 90s movie that from, from Disney. It's about Alan Arkin who makes like a jetpack and then he gives it to 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 some you know young punk kid naturally who, who uh, then becomes the Rocketeer, uh, sort of like pseudo superhero. He he and the mob help fight off the Nazis from invading Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, with Timothy Dalton's Errol Flynn as character. Oh. It's a good movie. Have you seen this movie? No. You've never seen the Rocketeer? No. Get the fuck out. No. You're fired. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out. I won't stand for it. I won't stand for it. I have the Rocketeer on on DVD, and I think you should take it. It's also on Disney Plus. So. Bearded Brothers. 
No, they they've never seen this. Maybe Cody has seen this. See, Cody, dust off your mic. Maybe you're, Cody you're is subbing seen. in. Maybe Cody has next seen week. This. <laughs> but anyway, the point of the story is as much as I would love to see the Rocketeer team up with Indiana Jones and, and Captain America to punch to punch out Nazis in the face, I thought that would never happen because the Rocketeer is not around anymore. Mm. Lo and behold, the Return of the Rocketeer is a movie that is in the works at Disney Plus. Original cast. I don't know, but we're one step closer, Jay. <laughs> we're, no, isn't Alan Arkin dead? Who knows? But anyway. Well. This is why we need a producer. We need a producer. Fuck. So so when I say, is Alan Arkin dead? I can look behind me to my producer, and he goes, yeah, Alan Arkin's dead. And I'll be like, thank you, producer. <laughs> we had a producer for one episode. <laughs> I know. I feel like he's either, I don't know, shit. I think he's alive. Yeah, I think he's alive. All right. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Who's, I don't know who's going to be in it. They literally just announced that it's going to be here. That that it's and it's coming to Disney Plus, not going to theaters. It's a Disney Plus original movie. They'll probably slap it on a fucking sixteen year old kid from the Disney Channel and just be like, ah, girls love this kid. Let's make some money off of him. Yeah, go get him. But the point is, we're one step closer to my dream of having Captain America. Indiana Jones and a Rocketeer punching Nazis together. I could do this all day. Next news story. All right, so this is kind of a big one, Jay. Uh, Netflix, we, we've been talking about how they've been using all their money and their influence and their power, and it just continues to grow and grow in Hollywood. Uh, and they've now just picked up a pretty big horror franchise. They have now picked up the rights to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. horror franchise. And I'm actually excited about this because I think Netflix will breathe some new blood into it, right? Like we had Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and then we had the beginning and I think we had like another one called Leatherface. Like I can't remember how many how many remakes or whatever we've done since since the original. The, the, the first two are fantastic. Sure. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from, from I think it was 1976 and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, both directed by Toby Hooper. Absolutely awesome. Two completely different movies, but both absolutely fantastic. And everything yeah. else we've gotten since then, Dog shit. Well, okay. So first, couple things. Uh, one, most recently, I think a week or two ago, one of the executives of Netflix agreed that they have been producing subpar content, or they should be producing better content than they have been, which has been always a thing that we all aware all aware of that. Well, I I think I think, I think once the platform got up and running, and got as big as it was, it became we we like we need well, to hit was, people with new content. It was a bit of a shit show. All the so time. they were trying to produce, 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 and produce, and, right. and it, it got mishandled and mismanaged in some of the stuff. A good chunk of the stuff really. I would take like right now. You fell. can go on Netflix on every Friday, and there's like three or four new releases that are like Netflix originals, quote unquote, Correct. meaning they, they they acquired them and stuff like that. And most of them aren't worth your time to watch, or they're and and this isn't saying that, right. that they're bad, but or they're foreign, and I'm not really interested in the subject yeah, matter. Yeah, so they either like produced that. them themselves from scratch or they acquired them and they bought the rights right. so they but either them. way but most of it is like you have your tentpole things that netflix puts out that you're really excited but my for. point is they're trying to right the wrongs you know so this is one of those options that they acquired that could really breathe interesting new light into this world i would also say like fear street is a is a step in that right direction right because it's it, it deals with teenagers like Stranger Things. It's on its way out. They need to continue to hit that. Yeah, market. but I also think that they need to also do a better job with their large films, like Red Notice, uh, big budget movie. We'll be talking about that soon, right? And then you know, 
Well, we're not doing a trailer park breakdown, but there was a trailer for Red Notice. The reason we're not doing a trailer park breakdown for it is because we're, bo- we're both meh. Yeah. We said meh. M-E-H. Meh. It's meh. It is. And, and re- it's and, like a mix of Six and Underground and, and Hobbs and Shaw, right? It looks meh. Just like that. But it'll be With free. With fancier clothes. It'll be free. It'll come cars. out on a Friday. I mean, and you will sit at home and have oh, 100%. I'll still, we'll watch I'll, I'll still enjoy watching it yeah, for we'll sure. Watch it. We'll watch but it. But my sure. point is, you can tell, like, I don't know. Now I'm kind of curious about the Russo Brothers, The Gray Man. I and mean, this is supposed to be the most expensive you know, Netflix big movie tentpole. And it's supposed to be a franchise thing, like a big, a big deal, like rivalry with bond you know s type thing so i don't know almost I, like I just, almost just, like the tentpole you have in your pants for patrick <laughs> wilson <laughs> uh-huh. Good, well i'm talking about gosling right now so i'm like <laughs> so hopefully we'll hear some more announcements from netflix that are in the vein of sure. this where they're getting where they're getting some some big franchises and they're gonna either revive them or do something with them i look forward to seeing what netflix does with texas chainsaw massacre because i kind of yeah. hope they bring it back to like what the original feel the was roots. of it yes exactly Next news story. RJ, more delays. And uh, this isn't surprising, but it seems that Paramount it has delayed Mission Impossible and Top Gun Maverick. Both movies are being moved to 2022 now. The year of Tom Cruise. The Cruz. year of Tom Cruise. It's going to be a great year. Right. Because I guarantee you both movies are going to be awesome. I what, can't wait. What'd you call, I can't wait. What would you call it? The Thomasons, right? The Thomasons. Thomasons. Right. The 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 Renaissance of Tom's crew of Tom Cruise. Mm, I can't wait. If we can get a live die repeat, you know, a <gasps> in twenty twenty two, can we like get that going and just bring Tom Cruise in for that? He like these other two movies, they're filmed. He's done he's done working on. Well, not Mission Impossible, he's a producer on it, so he probably has some he's, they they're, they're, they were trying to originally shoot back to back for the the next one. But that got held held up because of COVID, obviously. But yeah. I'm excited, man. I really am. I I, I I love Tom Cruise. You know, Top Gun looked great. The trailer. But are you okay Mission with Impossible. everything moving to 2022? I think. I mean, I am. I, for I'm the most disappointed, part. but I get it. I understand it. Yeah. They're 100% theater movies. They can't sacrifice anything. And I guess. Well, for Paramount, whatever goes into theater 45 days later, it's on Paramount Plus. I don't know how long they're going to continue doing that. But not many but- people have Paramount Plus. I don't. No, I canceled it. I had it and I canceled it because I was like, all right, I, I've watched everything Star Trek related that I want to watch. I'm not a big Star Trek fan still. And Sorry, I tried. Did you watch Yellowstone? That's like their big hit. No, my dad watches Yellowstone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only thing I ever hear that's about. Like, that's, like, that's a boomer show, bro. It is. It's like a USA show, I feel like. It's not, though. I've, no, it's it's Paramount, so I think it's on no, Paramount. No, I know, but it Paramount reminds Network. me of like a USA show for some reason. Yeah. I mean, no, it's got good quality. It's got Katie Sackhoff, stuff like that. Like, people people like it. I get why people like it. But no, man, that, that's a boomer show. It's got Kevin Costner in it, doesn't it? No, nothing says it does. Nothing Kevin says Costner. boomer culture more than yeah, Kevin Costner. Like Montana, <laughs> something like that, you know, on the ranch. Jay, Yellowstone is in Montana. You're aware of this, right? Oh, thanks. Geography. Learn it. Well, man. <laughs> Overrated. I'm over the hump. Me and Lauren were just several miles from Yellowstone when we when we took our trip out. Smartphones are for now. When we took a trip out to L.A., we were supposed to have a layover in Chicago, and they were like, "Oh, we can't land in Chicago, so we're going to land you in Boozman, Montana." And me and Lauren were like, "Where the fuck is Boozman, Montana?" Come to find out, it's right near Yellowstone. Uh, Gorgeous place, by the way. Like you, you, you were actually able to explore. No, I mean we, we we were in the terminal, but but you saw the windows and right in the so fields, big you know, sprawling the forest. No, just 
gorgeous mountain ranges like as far as the eye oh, could okay, see okay, even okay. as we're landing and stuff like that and then we land at this airport that is made of wood what and only has six terminals holy shit that's awesome and it was closed that is so awesome because apparently that airport isn't open all year round like it'll take planes in but like was it like an emergency gas stop or i like? don't know no i have no clue i we may have almost died it may have been another time that i almost died that's amazing but but there was one like corner store open in there. Like it was very much like a convenience store. Like you could pick up magazines that were three to six months old, and they had beer in a fridge and like a very tiny fridge next to it. So, and one of it, the, the beer I drank the whole time that I was sitting there because we we had a layover for like five five or six hours That's that wasn't amazing. supposed to be. I drank a beer called Moose Drool. <laughs> This drool of all things. Five or six hours. Me and Lauren just drank cool. beer, got in the plane, and then it was like it was like two and a half hours. Was it like, a sour beer? <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. But I've been to Boozman, Montana, Jay. So uh, you know, I've been to Yellowstone. Mm, there you yeah. go. <laughs> What's funny is my dad watches Yellowstone, and it's like his dream to go to Yellowstone. So. Of course it is. <laughs> he probably shoot it gorgeously. Because huh? right. every boomer's dream. Next news story. All right, Jay, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm sorry, I said before that Paramount um, was was the producer of Top Gun. They're, they're, they didn't make Top Gun. Uh, Sony did. That's a Sony. That's a Sony picture. So uh, Sony has it's co. It's co. Okay. It's co. So Sony Sony has moved Ghostbusters into the Top Gun spot. So Top Gun is now going to 2022. Yep. Ghostbusters Afterlife, October 15th. 2021. Bring it on, baby. We're so close. Uh, so close. So close. Honestly, it's going to be here before you know it. Jay, three years. You remember that trailer that they dropped for it like three years ago? Where they, it was it was literally just like... A, but it doesn't feel three years ago. It feels it was, more like two years ago. It was like a stormy background and I like know. the barn door blows open. Such a open, good teaser. Such a good teaser. And there's a tarp and it oh. blows up and you just you see, see the, the little hints You just see the, the logo. Symbol. And that's it. And you know, I was just like, oh, that was three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> been I, waiting for this movie I, for I've never seen years. Dave's dick that hard, ever. No, the day, <laughs> the, the day I got my proton pack in the mail was the day. It was, it was probably the hardest my dick's ever been. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. I'd apologize to my wife, but I think she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to do it for our news this week. Like I said, short episode. Jay, let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, we watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, I'm going to kick things off real quick. Um, so I caught up on a TV show that me and Lauren used to watch religiously, and then we got rid of Showtime because we realized it was kind of like the only thing we were watching on Showtime. So, like, why have Showtime anymore? I don't know. I caught up on Shameless. So final season. I'll season wait for it on Netflix. Yeah, season 11 came out. So I was like, all right, time to catch up on it. So uh, we, 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 got a, we, we got a hold of someone else's account. <laughs> it's such an end of a unprobable show you so, know it's such a great era so that's that's what amazes me so like when this show started first off it like was, this show should not have worked it was pretty groundbreaking when the show started now well yeah when i say groundbreaking i understand that there's a british version that ran just as long and stuff like that and it's based on that however i think for an american audience this show shouldn't have worked but it did and i fell in love with a lot of the characters now I, I know we've talked about this series in the past, and like I said, kind of like when Fiona left, I was like, I'm kind of done with it, and I really was. I kind of missed the past two seasons, yeah, and I just, in a blitz, caught up with them, and I was like, so we just watched 20, 24 episodes it's of the It's a bingeable show. show. It is. But it's also fatiguing, because it's 
it's so ADHD. You oh, know, right, like much. there's so much going so on. So it's weird because every season always starts off with storylines that you think is going to be like a, a through line throughout the entire season. But then three episodes later, that storyline is either dropped mm. or solved. Mm. And then another storyline arises and stuff like that. Right. And I thought this season, because it was the last one, maybe they were going to give us more of a through line. They did with one character, with Frank. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it for people, but Frank Gallagher, which makes sense, I guess. Frank Gallagher has has something that happens early on in the season that kind of becomes defining for him throughout the whole rest of this season. But anyway, uh, I still enjoyed it. I think I liked where all the characters ended up. You know, I I, I think it felt pretty final, and if it felt fitting too, right? For, for the most part. For the most part? Okay. For the most part. Because I'm, I'm definitely going to catch up. I don't want to hear anything. That, you haven't told me anything so, in pre-roll, no, I so I, which is good. So it's not... I'm not going to say it's a great ending, but it's an ending. Yeah, but... And there's satisfying at, things at this about point, it. that's all you can ask for. Right. <laughs> for shows, especially for these long-running shows that are people love. Especially when you get, like, Game of Thrones ending the way it did. Well, like, you get people like... I think this is just, like, it's it's not a perfect ending, but it's an ending, and... But it, it's not a bad ending. It doesn't hurt. Right. It doesn't hurt. Um, it's, but you know, I watching it, I was like, all right, I mean, this show has definitely declined in, in quality of writing and stuff like that. However, there's still a lot of charming aspects to it, but I did find myself throughout this season, just not liking a lot of the characters anymore. And I was just like, I especially don't like Debbie. I don't really like Lip, who used to be a character I really identified with. Right, being too smart for your own good, and I've never and, liked Debbie though, and 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 getting yourself into trouble yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, that's like your Lip is literally my entire life. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I'm not saying like I'm I'm super. I'm not super smart, like genius, like Lip or anything like that. But 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 definitely too smart for my own good a lot of the times in my life. So, uh, and and then I I think I found myself in later seasons really gravitating towards. Uh, especially the past two seasons, uh, Ian and Mickey, the gay characters. Those are the two where I'm like, I get it. I get you guys. Huh? You're trying to navigate like later life. Your 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 late twenties, well, your mid twenties. At like least that. Ian, for sure. Together, they they they've done. I, well, see, I've been called. I didn't know he was back in the picture. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I I, I mean. I, I do respect a lot of what Ian went through. They really pushed his character far yeah. throughout this whole series. Giving him bipolar disorder and stuff like they that. Treaded making, in that making, quite a him, bit. Making him gay in the south side of Chicago. But then like this whole season really wraps up the whole gentrification thing, which has been going on for three seasons in the show now. It's the third season with it. Uh, but I was satisfied with it. Uh, I think if you're if you're someone who hasn't been watching Shameless, I don't think it hurts to go back and just finish the series out. However, I'm not going to tell you like you need to go back and finish the series out. Like, I, yeah, I think I think everybody will at some point. You know, if you were a fan of the show, a lot of people were in and out, in and out, dipping in. But I you think know? you're right. I could have wait. I could have waited for Netflix. I definitely, I definitely could have waited for Netflix yeah. instead of. Oh, and I'm I'm certainly going to. Right. It, I'm it, not in any rush. Instead of getting Showtime and stuff like that again. Yeah, I lost that urgency it. a long yeah. time ago with that show. All right, Jay. What else? What did you get out of watching this week? Well, like I, I kind of teased earlier, uh, I caught up with a couple old indie little Irish films directed by Neil Jordan. And, you know, he's kind of a prominent filmmaker. He, he's done, you know, he, he's done some things like um, uh, Greta last year, The Borgias, that TV show long running on Showtime, um, The Brave One with Jodie Foster, uh, Interview with the Vampire. I think that was one of his big ones, The Crying Game back in the day. So he he's had some success. He doesn't do too many movies. Right. But... 
these are charming and very original. So uh, let's get into Jay's Indie Corner. Well, no, let's get into the names first. So I can oh, get them before my I apologies. Give a fake synopsis. Undine. Un- O-N-D-I-N-E. Okay. I don't even know what that is, so I can't even make a fucking thing. And up Breakfast on Pluto. Now, Jay, now you may go pour yourself a bourbon knee. <laughs> you can wear your ironic sunglasses. You can wear your ironic glasses. You can curl your mustache just right. And we can get ourselves into Jay's Indie Corner. All right, Jay. So... I'll focus on the one that I actually understand words in. I don't know yeah. what Undine is, but uh, it's a it, name. It sounds like poutine. Undine. It sounds like poutine. Undine. It sounds like poutine. Protein for my poutine. <laughs> Protein <laughs> for my poutine poutine. <laughs> uh, but no. So I'll, I'll do. I'll do a fake synopsis for breakfast on Pluto. Which is obviously a sci-fi film, right? Like, I mean, it's well, it's about certainly has a name for it. It's 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 about two star-crossed lovers uh, who are stuck on a wayward spaceship that no longer has a working navigation system, and they are, are essentially are just floating through the Milky Way galaxy, aimless, directionless, lost. There's no hope. No one's coming for them, and it's just how their relationship builds and grows and stuff like that. They 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 eventually you know get together. They have children, and then like you know what where they're trying to figure out uh, any like about their life when when they're middle aged and they no longer get each other, even though they are the only two people that they can talk to on this fucking spaceship that's wandering aimlessly through the Milky Way galaxy. Mm-hmm. They're just eating breakfast with Pluto right off outside, <laughs> and they're just like, you know what? What was life all about? Life was about breakfast on Pluto. And then she goes, "Shut the fuck up! That makes no fucking sense. I fucking hate you. I can't. If I we could get a divorce, I would sleep with one eye open, motherfucker, because I'm gonna fucking cut your throat. You say one more fucking stupid fucking thing like Damn. life is about breakfast on Pluto. Go fuck yourself. Go suck an egg." Go suck an egg. <laughs> Callbacks. Uh, but uh, that's like... So, so So you see what breakfast is like between me and my wife now. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. I love my wife. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I love movies where, where like two people like get together and then they have like a, a divide, something that like divides them. And then like they both like come to the realization and they both come back together and it's like, oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. You know, that rarely ever happens. Like most people in relationships when they... When they split there's always that one person that's like i could do this again and the other person's like fuck no get yeah. the fuck away from me you're right no it's usually lopsided it's yeah usually lopsided so i want to see a story of people falling in love then falling out of love with one person and it's usually the guy that i feel like wants to fall back in love with that person mainly they're not getting ass uh and and they like regular ass so <laughs> <laughs> so i want to see a story that's about two star-crossed lovers in space falling in love falling out of love and then just arguing with the fucking meteorite, you know, planetoid that is Pluto just off in the distance. And that's what it's about. They're mm. just fucking arguing with each other. Not quite. Not no. quite. Okay. But the title is actually based from a song by Don Partridge. And, you know, this is based from a book that is also named Breakfast on Pluto. 
Uh, this movie came out in 2005. It stars Killian Murphy. It, it wasn't a Brent Easton Ellis novel by any chance, was it? Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, ISJ, a follow-up question. Pat McCabe. Okay, all right. All right, just making sure. <laughs> oh, it just sounds Quick like with a, my fingers right now. It's, it just kind of sounds like a Brent Easton Ellis title, doesn't it? I, I don't know. Less don't than zero, books, Breakfast obviously. on Pluto. That is true, though. You're <laughs> you know right. I mean? You're 100% right on that. Right. Um, and this is, you know, this story is based in the 70s in, in Ireland, and it's a coming-of-age story through and through. Killian Murphy is the lead playing a trans woman. You see it right from the get-go. Oh, shit. I've actually heard of this movie. It's a challenge. He was abandoned at yeah. a church. All right, I actually heard of Grew this up movie. in a foster home. Was always this way. You know, you can kind of see it as coming of age. Can I just say something? At the age of 35, you at the age of 37 now. Mm. Don't you hate coming-of-age stories? Like, don't you look at them and just be like, oh, look at you, you fucking little Gen Zer piece of shit. Your whole fucking life is ahead of you. Meanwhile, you know, the the Sometimes. the millennials sure. and stuff like that were, were trying to make the world a better place, but it was left in fucking tatters by the boomers. And we're, we're, we're making it worse by overcompensating. And you guys will just well, get to pick through the fucking. My ashes. only annoyance <laughs> with this. I, I got ashes. two annoyances with this movie. One. It's a little bit long. Okay. Uh, and two, it's it's told the most heavily chaptered film I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Literally um, like the book. Like they're just like. Kind of. Chapter yeah, one like, in the book. There's like a chapter lot of, I mean, book. a lot of chapters in this fucking movie. Gotcha. More than I ever recall another movie doing. But. Yeah. Most you know, Quentin Tarantino movies are like four chapters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is like 13 or 14 or something. My God. Uh, anyway. So. But. It's kind of told in a very uh, interesting way because this filmmaker, Neil Jordan, does a really good job of hooking you into the movie realistically so you're invested. And then he starts to throw these little curveballs of like fantastical things happening into the movie. And it kind of happens and you kind of roll with it. You know, it kind of works. Um, It's not over the top too much. But, you know... It's kind of exhausting because it's a it's a it's a traumatizing story. It's not an easy story to watch, and he goes through the ringer, and you know it's a, it gets kind of heavy okay. as he gets older and he navigates through London trying to find his birth mother and this and that and living as he is a right. trans woman in the seventies. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, for it's sure. A, it's a unique experience. So you see a lot of the ups and downs I mean, with Ms. his with Ms. his Divine challenges. Did it. Yeah, yeah. Pink but it's uh, it, it's definitely Waters, it's on. definitely a worthy watch, and you can see that I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but this probably put Killian Murphy on you know on the big list. Okay, for all right, studios. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you you had the other one, Undine. Did you want to talk about Undine? Undine. 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 So this Poutine one came out four years later in 2009, and this is a whimsical little fantasy story starring Colin Farrell. Or okay. boy Colin Farrell. And um, he's an Irish fisherman, and he discovers this woman in his net one day. And it, and again, this filmmaker wraps you into reality, so you so don't it's know. Splash? So you, think so, so you don't know if this is like an actual like mermaid thing, or so is it an actual person? So and splash. So you're conflicted throughout the whole movie with like that whole element of it all, you know, or they use Selkie, you know. Um, right, not mermaid. Like, right, like an Irish legend. I yeah, again, exactly. So it. it plays in that trope. Jay, I wish I knew that this before, because I, I could definitely do a fake synopsis <laughs> about fucking a mermaid. 
Um, if you want to see a fake synopsis about fucking a mermaid, just watch The Lighthouse. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> My God. They made. They, In all its glory. They made fish parts look very sensual in that movie. It very, was very gross. Ugh, so gross. So moist. Watch. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> See, but all that salt water—that's some rough shaping. Seagulls are no lube. Seagulls are just chasing after your dick when oh you're my done. God, pick out the- mine. <laughs> mine, 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 mine. <laughs> and it's like no, <laughs> like the seagulls trying to eat oh your dick god. after you fuck the mermaid because it's so fishy. L- little, little bit at a time. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! I'm gonna have nightmares tonight, motherfucker. Never fuck a mermaid, kids. I, yeah. I, I hope it's in black and white, much like the lighthouse was. Yeah, you do I, have know, this I know, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's a charming movie. You know, this movie okay. I think ultimately has so much poor audio quality is what, what drove me nuts. And I don't know if it's because okay. it's like a small movie and they shot alive on water and on on the coast of Ireland and it was and, and their heavy dialogue and accents and all that stuff is like a little jarring. So I missed a lot of dialogue, I feel like. Um so that was my main drawback from it, from the for the whole experience. But the daughter is phenomenal and I it's so bad because this girl, Allison Barry, this is her like this is all she did pretty much. I think she did one other thing maybe, but she just I guess left the filmmaking world um but she was probably in the nine year old range you know when she did this movie oh my God. and i don't think she's ever done anything since it was like a kind of like a one-hit thing for her but she was fantastic <laughs> leave it to you to sit here and say that a nine-year-old girl was fantastic everything think about what you say everything you say when you talk about children makes you sound like a pedophile <laughs> It's a charming little movie. You know, if you want to seek it out, go seek it out. But by no means is it worth um, necessarily to go out and seek and watch. Ken, I grew up in Dublin. I love Dublin. If I'd grown up on a farm and was retarded, Bruce might impress me. But I didn't, so it doesn't. Favorite Colin Farrell line. So since you said his name, I had to I had to say it. <laughs> of course. Grew up in Dublin. I love Dublin. Dublin. <laughs> all right jake moving on uh, i'm gonna get into one of my main reviews this week i got out there and i saw candy man and the legend is if you say candy man five times while looking in the mirror who can take a sunrise sprinkle it with dew comfort it in chocolate and the miracle or two candy and the reflection and it kills you i heard you're looking for candy man so i watched candy man and like jordan peele's name is all over this shit um like you know i understand he's a producer on it and he's one of four writers jay so it was written by him win rosenfeld nia costa clive barker who the story is based off of and bernard rose who wrote the script of the original Candyman with clive barker uh but really it was written by him and nia costa nia costa is also nia da costa is also the director of this movie mm-hmm. um and and it, it is a both a sequel and a spiritual successor sure. to the 1992. That's Candyman. fair. That's what I've heard. It's uh, it's it's not quite a sequel because it never outright references too much from that movie as far as events go. How and, and however, it does 
pay homage to them and even shows the picture of the main character of, of the main character, the final girl from the first one, and, and kind of goes through in the same geographical area. However, it's tackling all new issues this time. Mainly gentrification of of neighborhoods and stuff like that. Uh, and it follows I always say his name wrong. So Yawa Abdul Mateen the second. It's close. It's close. I don't know how to it's say close. it. It's close. So from here on out I will be returning I will be referring to him as Abdul Mateen. I get both of those. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Uh, and and he plays Anthony McCoy, who is an artist uh, who grew up on the south side of Chicago, which is currently going through gentrification. Funny that I watched this movie right after finishing Shameless, which is also a show that's very much about the same exact type of thing. So he's an artist who lives with his with his uh, I guess art gallery owning partner, played by Tayona Paris, uh, and there he he kind of starts. He kind of starts getting into his art and stuff like that, and he learns about the legend of Candyman from a from from a neighbor that used to live in the same development that the Candyman legend was in the original one, played by Coleman Domingo. And from there, he starts making art based on the Candyman stories that he hears. And what happens? As a result of him making the art, he breathes new life into the legend, and now new people are staring into a mirror, Jay, and they're saying, Candyman. Candyman. Don't. Candyman. No. Candyman. <laughs> Beetlejuice. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so... Look, man, I, I I really enjoyed like a lot of the heavy material that this that this movie started throwing at my feet, right? Like like uh, Abdul Mateen's character is, is talking about like you know saving saving the ghetto and 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 the life that it breathes into the city, and the city lives inside him and stuff like that. But one of the things I found interesting was here he is living on the condos that now exist in the same exact geographical location that the Cabrini Greens used to exist from the original one, which was very much, you know, a ghetto, a ghetto area and stuff like that. He talks about preserving the ghetto and preserving the art, preserving the culture and stuff like that. Yet he is very much a part of the gentrification of the exact area that he's trying to preserve. Granted, he's not rich. It's kind of like his girlfriend's rich and stuff like that. But there is a right. duality there to that mm -hmm. also the fact that you're like an artist and it's not exactly you know the people that you're trying to raise awareness for you know coming in and looking at your art it's 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 the rich white people that are coming in and looking at your art you know what i mean so, every artist needs a rich person it's true it's true it's true so it hits me with like these these heavy ideals and and, and it hits me with like some of this stuff that's like you know it's truly polarizing for the main character and it's like this is actually extremely interesting I, I want the horror elements to come. Don't get me wrong. And they will. It might take 40 minutes into the movie for them to come. <laughs> but they do. And, but what happens is once the horror elements start coming in, all those heavy things that we were dealing with up front, all those like great like little nuance. Gone, like, right? They, they kind of start to fade away. And then it turns into just a different kind of film. A bit. They try to bring it back at the end with that. Like they, they you know. They try to bring it back in and create like a whole story with it and try to make it more cohesive. But really, the ending was it almost just felt like we've been here for 90 minutes, right? Time for an end. <laughs> Don't you think? Time yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying not to spoil this for anybody. 
because I do recommend it, but this is not like a movie theater. It's not record. a hard recommend. This is not a movie theater recommend. It's like see it when you see it when you see it, but don't go out of your way to see it. And I'll be honest, I my memory of watching the original Candyman in 1992, like I didn't watch it in 1992. First off, I was six years old, so I wouldn't be watching that. But I did watch it sometime in like my 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 late tweens, early teens. I saw that movie, and I'll be honest. After reading, uh, you know, going back and reading the synopsis for the original Candyman, because I don't remember much about it, I was like, "There's no way I was picking up everything that 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 Candyman in 1992 was putting down." And I think I'm, I think I should rewatch that. I probably should have rewatched that before watching this i just didn't have the time but yeah as far as this movie goes i'm giving it a b minus right like i think it's enjoyable i think it's good i think it's got some great horror elements but god damn it if you're gonna kill some teenagers in a fucking bathroom jay i need to see some fucking teenagers getting killed in a fucking bathroom don't move the camera don't shy away from it don't just show blood falling from the fucking falling from from where supposed teenager is being slaughtered show me show me the death the slaughter I want to see the death. That's that's horror. Uh, it doesn't shy away from the blood. It doesn't quite show all the death though. But it does have some some, some truly gruesome scenes, and it does have uh, like a very unnerving atmosphere to it. I think I you know, I think I think it nailed atmosphere for this for this story one hundred percent. So I I enjoy it for all of that stuff, but yeah, I, I really think like it kind of betrayed itself a little bit towards the end. I don't want to say betrayed itself. I think that 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 sounds that sounds too harsh. I think I I, I think. Do you think this guy butchered in the editing room, I or by the studio, or whatever? I think ninety. I think ninety minutes is awfully short. That's that's what that's a red flag for a studio butchering it, or yeah, essentially that's what it is. Editing got compromised, and they lopped it off to make it as uh, playable as possible, even still being rated R, but to keep it taut. I think of like another movie that I saw like earlier this year that I like highly recommend to people. The Netflix one, like His House. Remember, it was the it was it was it was about the people who who were from the the war torn African country. Yeah, who, I remember who, you talking who, about who it, sure. England and stuff like that. I think a lot of the ideals and stuff that were like put down in that is also kind of like put down in here and stuff like that. However, I think his house was far more effective. It never it it it, it didn't get away from, okay. from from the heavy political context that it was putting right, down. Right. I think Candyman kind of did a little bit. Similar atmospheres though. Um you know, when this comes out and is available streaming somewhere, watch it as soon as you possibly can. Okay. Cuz I think it's good. I just don't think it's worth like you know, risking COVID and all that stuff to go to the theaters to see. It's a B minus movie. It's it's good. It's good. It's getting good reviews too. It's just like when I watched that, I was like, man, it's just not fucking hitting me. You know what I mean? It's just it's just not mm. hitting me. Early on, I was very interested. Like edge of my seat, like listening to everything, like all these political discussions that like these smart, you know, young hipsters in a gentrified area are having. And I was like, yeah. I'm one of you left wingers. I get it. I get you, what we're you, talking about. You would you would have liked to have seen it in a different movie. No, I think I would have liked to have, not a horror movie. I think I would have liked to have seen it blend its horror elements and its its Better. satire a little bit more. Okay, so, I'll so you that. think this was mishandled by the director a little bit? No, okay. No, I think I th- I think you're right. I think this got butchered in a, in an editing room. Yeah, I don't blame the director at all. I think I think to, I, I especially well, when, she doesn't have the power. Yeah, especially to, especially when I tell you that the I'm assuming that, it's that a girl. I don't know why I thought it was a girl. It was it a girl is, though, right? It's a female. Yeah, yeah it is a female. It's okay, a I thought so. Um. Yeah, again, like I said, she doesn't have power 
Yeah. But Jordan Peele yeah. does. Jordan Peele does. And Jordan Peele probably gave the okay to do it. It might have. But I, I when I watched this movie, I was just like, man, I I really wish we blended those ideas from the earlier on in the script with the horror elements later on in the script. And like I said, when it does, it's, it's almost The like, marketing was strong. Oh, the marketing I thought, was great. It was you know? just, but it, I think by the time it gets to the end. It's Hell, like, it almost got me to the theater and watch it. It's too little too late by the time we by the time we bring it all home and we only have 15 minutes left in the movie. I'm like, eh, it's just too little too late. It also does an interesting thing where like we, we, we know the original story of, of Candyman, right? Like he's the son of, of, a, of a rich of a rich former slave who created a machine that was able to uh, mass produce shoes and stuff like that. And he impregnates a, a white woman, uh, obviously in a time where that was extremely frowned upon. And he is, he's essentially lynched and killed and stuff like that. Hence why he haunts people this time. They kind of give you like m- multiple possible origins for the candy man. And they kind of get into that. That is part of the story. That like maybe there's multiple candy men, maybe there's multiple stories, maybe maybe one's true, maybe they're all true. It, it, like I do like that aspect of it as well. So uh, I think like when this comes, probably I want to say I guess it'll come to Netflix first. I don't know. I don't know whether it come to Netflix, Amazon Prime, probably HBO Max. It'll probably be HBO. what studio? What studio? I don't remember. Oh, okay, I don't remember. But it'll probably come to HBO first. Was my guess. It depends on the studio. Yeah. <laughs> but when it is streaming, check it out. All right, Jay, let's get into our final review, man. You and I, uh, we both watched last week. We had nothing to do during the weekend. And this little John Cena movie starring Little Ray How- Howry came out. And I was like, oh, man, this movie looks garbage. Vacation, friends. You're right. No more phones for the rest of this vacation. Maybe look at those two. What, these lunatics? They look like they're having fun. We should try that. Baby, I love you so much. Well, I like the side of that. We do, too. Jesus. Why does the salt not taste salty? Because it's cocaine. What? So I'll be honest, Vacation Friends looked like hot garbage when I saw it. I was like, this is just a, I can't even call it a cash grab because this was meant to be released in theaters and then eventually just became a Hulu original. I guess, you know, it was purchased by them. I think it's one of those uh, COVID situation things. I think so. I think so. But like, I do love Little Ralph Howery. Like, I... I like I like the characters that he plays. He always plays like a very similar same type character. Normally. And one of the things that stuck out to me about Vacation Friends is he isn't that mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. He 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 isn't You he, get sprinkles of it when it needs to come out and right, that's about it. Right. He 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 is still whip crack uh yeah, whip cracking with the jokes and stuff like that and he is but funny. He's, he's plopped in the situation, right. you know. But but this time he's he's not the funny best friend dulling out advice, right? He's he's the main responsible lead. straight man. He's the main lead, right? He's a straight lead. man who yeah. doesn't. He's not the wild card. He's not the get out. You know, little. Uh, that's the Cena for sure. Yeah. So, uh, no, Cena in this is like nothing like you've seen Cena before. Like so good. Not saying it's as good as his Peacemaker. <laughs> I love it. But like, it's a lot of fun. To me, it's better. <laughs> so essentially. A couple goes on vacation to 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 Mexico to a resort, and unfortunately, I don't. I didn't recognize the the, the two female leads either. I, I and I know 
yeah, obviously, I'm sure they're established actresses, but I I don't recall them, you know, from other things before. So I don't know why, but they were fantastic. They both were great. No, I mean, you know, you know, because uh, I know you watched Insecure on HBO, right? Yvonne Orji? I never did. No, oh, okay. No. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I most know her from. Uh, but she was also in in some other in some other movies like Night School and stuff like that in in the comedy. Meredith Hagner, um, for the most part, she is HBO's search party is what she's probably like most known for, um, and she's she's mainly like a voice actress from what I can tell. So, okay. but anyway, um, so it's about a couple going down to Mexico. Um, you know, big plans on 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 a proposal happening and stuff sure. like that. Shit goes awry. Everything's awful until these two hapless morons show up and are like, "Oh, you can stay with us in the presidential suite." And it's John Cena and his and his longtime girlfriend, and they are absolute maniacs, big time. But what they do is they, and, and which could get to the degree of annoyance, right? But for me, for some reason, I still. It walked, enjoyed it. it walked a fine line it did walk a fine line but it which is hard to do and that you know we'll get into that a little bit later but for some reason do you think it also helped it that, worked like, for me like the main characters like 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 you know the the main character like little Ralph Howard called it out all the time was calling out how annoying I, I think so I but think also so. like just letting it go is like it's a vacation it's fun because he's coaching himself so right. you, you can almost, you're almost like subconsciously sub coaching your own self to power through as well right, exactly. but you're enjoying it, it you're is. going with the flow because it is it's a beautiful location it looks like they're in hawaii or whatever and um yeah you're, you're having a good time and plus there's not that many comedies out right now so there's not there's another aspect of that where like i was just in my zone with this movie this comedy tickled me right you know what i mean like it, made it me tickled laugh. me in all the right places it made me laugh but I do think it was a little over the top at times. I, sure. I do think it went probably a little bit too far into some of its jokes, right? Like something, some storyline choices where certain characters didn't quite right. and, work and, because and, it went too think, far. Maybe, I do think but. John Cena does wear on you after a while watching it. Like in some parts, you do get sure. to a, a point where you're just like, I, I mean, I've had a little bit enough of the scene, you know. You know, I, I. I, I wish we would ground this character a little bit more, and they attempt to like toward towards the later ends of the film to like give you a real reason for why he is the way he is, why why he why he's in love with little Rel Howery's uh you know character and stuff like that. What draws him in? What keeps him coming around? Not too much like that. No, of course they do. Little Rel Howery was Charlie. He says he's exactly like Charlie, his friend who he lost in the war. Yeah, I, um, hey, Jay, he has, I know, but Jay, I, he has I, PTSD. I know, I know, I know. I know. All right, go ahead. That was one of my drawbacks of this movie. Was like I, I didn't. Was that buy they tried that. to ground it? No, I didn't buy that excuse. No, all I, the time. I, I 100% did. Right? It no, wasn't it's good. all the time. It wasn't all the time, but no, I know, I know. I, know. I, th- I think the scene that like really got me cracking up though was just them dropping mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> them, them eating mushrooms and, and having and stuff. having their romp through the woods and stuff like that. There's many like shocking moments, but it was funny. Though. There, there was plenty of times where it was also like, where it was also just too much at at, at, at a time. I, like, I hear you. But- I think of the scene where he loses the wedding rings, right? And like all this stuff that pissed me off. That was that was a it was out of left field. It, it felt too it was much. out of left field. It was too much. It didn't make sense for the character either because the character was poised before that to be this exceptional 
Wonder Kid, you know, fucking Green Ranger, whatever the fuck he is. And but I still, and, I still love that 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 entire scene is sparked by the fact that John Cena has a superpower where he immediately knows when by looking mm-hmm. at a bird when it's going to shit. I know that, that, that was funny. That's a good throw in. But That's it's good the, throw in. That bird's gonna <laughs> shit. And I was like. It's the only reason that scene could exist is because they added that to the beginning of it, and it was that bird and, shitting and yet, like, which started okay, the chain. It's of one of those things. Like, it. oh, that's annoying, but at the same time, it's like, well, I, I get they why justified you did it. it. I get why you did it. They yeah, justified it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They cover their tracks well enough, you know. But again, like I said, this movie somehow worked for me, and, and I then, really enjoyed it. It's a it's a solid B for me, and I'm very happy. Yeah. Very um, happy that they're having a sequel. I'm right there with you. I'm a B on this. I mean, like, a solid B. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I really so Hulu had has a good announced time with this. that that they will be making a sequel to Vacation yeah. Friends. Yeah, which 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 is nice. I, you know, it's I, nice to hear. It's nice to hear. I I do want to see more. Good of Good for this. these actors. I'm happy for that. I also like the idea that like, you know, it, it's it, it's about like, and I think we've all had these friends like where we have a moment in time. Like let's say let's not say vacation. Let's say like party friends. Right. Like you, like like you go to a party you don't really know a lot of people well but you start talking to uh to the i'm to happy you brought this up one this or is two, so true one or two people that like they get you at that time yeah. but then like later on like you talk to people it's like no i hung out with i hung out with like you know jay and rachel that night right like i'm just using you two as an example jay's not dating rachel anymore but two names that popped in my head because i was looking at jay and i was like well, quick attach jay to something that was the quickest thing i could think of but let's let and, and then everyone's like oh those two Right. It's like you know, like they're they're fucking weird, right? They have a sex dungeon in their basement and stuff like that. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Right. They <laughs> <laughs> like, right, like everyone starts telling you things about them. And it's like, ah, I was just having a good time and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now imagine if that or to bring it to Fight Club, that single serving friend Correct. is now in your life all the time. Right. I like that idea. I like where they where they went with this, with that, with that idea that like you meet friends on vacation. You're supposed to be vacation I'm surprised friends. You don't see it more often. Yeah, and maybe this might hopefully well, trains, planes, and automobiles. Right? That was in the eighties. I understand, but I'm just Fucking saying eighties. Just saying, we haven't seen similar many movies like this at all. Similar situation, although trains, planes, automobiles. That's an A movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a that's a fantastic movie. But it's not quite does. But again, I think. You know, everybody can relate with having situational situations like this where situational situations. Yes. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Because sometimes you go into these heightened situations sometimes where you, you do become super close and you have a great time with a stranger slash an acquaintance who you never see again. You know? Nor do you feel comfortable or want to even though you do feel very connected, the fear, little the excitement, J- but also the fear little of Little Jay for me. <laughs> Plenty of times where I'm like, I like this dude. We're bonding. I like this. I can hang out with this dude. More. I don't uh, want to hang out with this dude as much as I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a strong, it's a give and take. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a strong, and at the, it's at a that, strong choice to make at that moment. You both have a give and take, but it doesn't always last. Well, yeah. You, the the problem is like you get we have two massive egos and and alphas with strong opinions about similar topics. Who me and Alpha? You're gonna be fucking cr- crashing into each other. I am far from. I am far from an other. Alpha, my friend. I am the most self loathing individual you will ever meet in your entire life. In, in, in an Alpha way. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but vacation friends, if you slept on it, 
it, it is on Hulu, and me and Jay are both I, we're recommending it. For well, you. let's let's throw this out there. Uh, Hulu slipped in Palm Springs, right? Palm Springs was was a way better f- film, I think. For um, sure, yeah. Now, something like a college kid who's drunk again, and forgot to put on a condom. If you guys haven't seen Palm Springs, or you slept on Palm Springs and you caught up there and was like, "Holy shit, I slept on this." What the fuck? This is kind of in that same camp. You're probably gonna. F- you know, Jay, this is the most long-winded movie. way of saying, like, check it out. Yeah, pretty much. Sorry. Check it out. Again, now I'm the fucking Dave right now, yeah. meandering on Pat with this it, episode. Patting the show out. Yeah. Just patting pat, it out. Pat it on a tush. Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, so I don't just want to end things uh, on, on this review, Jay. No, bye. Boop. Just cut it. <laughs> I can't. I can't because uh, we not. did get two voicemails. He needs to get to that ninety-minute mark. I, no, I, no, no. <laughs> but we did get two voicemails, and I'm not gonna. Uh, we're not doing movie fact this week because we didn't get any any new facts this week. But you can reach out to us, and you can leave us a mm-hmm. movie fact. Me and Jay love movie facts. We love discussing them on the show, and you can do that by reaching it out to us on our hotline. That's two six seven five nine zero nine zero four two. That's two six seven five nine zero nine zero four two. Just like these two listeners did. So, Jay, here is the first voicemail that we got this week. Pitter patter, ten ply. I'm pretty sure that that's uh, Chris Braden from I Like to Like Things podcast. What up, Chris? Pitter patter. That's uh, that's from Letter Kenny. Which, if Jay hasn't watched Letter Kenny, he needs to. I've seen a bits. I've seen bits. You need you need to watch it, Jay. And then here's the other one. This one creeps me out. I'm not gonna lie. Scott. That's it. Whoa! Right, it's that's a, like right from a horror movie or right. something, it's or sound, like a David Fincher when mystery. I, I listen to this like several times, trying to figure out what that person's saying. I have no clue. It might be a butt dial. I'm not sure, but it's it, amazing. Though. Like if you ever watch like Ghost Adventures or like Ghost Hunters and stuff, like those stupid reality ghost shows where like they hear something in in the white noise and are uh-huh, like, uh-huh. "Oh, did you hear what he said?" Uh-huh. And it's like, "What he say?" And I don't have ears it, for that though. And then that's all you hear is what? No, but once they tell you what that word was, right? Then you that's can hear all. It. That's all. All yeah. you hear them saying, like, did you hear it? That ghost just said Bart Simpson. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, my God, he totally did say Bart Simpson. <laughs> Why would he say Bart Simpson? That makes no logical sense. But anyway, so I just like that we got a butt dial. <laughs> it is amazing. So that's going to do it for our show this week. If you would like to discuss anything that we talked about on the show, you can reach out to us on our social media. You can reach me on Twitter at SuperBeePod. You can reach me on my Instagram, SMB Dave on there. Jay, where can everyone find you? I am not on the s- Facebook anymore because you deleted that shit. Shh, no, no, not there. But listen also, to a Patreon episode to find out why it's gone. Yes, Twitter, J underscore SMB, and also on Instagram, Super Movie Bros. And then, of course, if you would like to catch all that Patreon pre-roll content, hear how I almost died this week, or hear why Jay shut down the Facebook for this for, for Super Movie Bros, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. There you'll get, for, for $1 a month, you At will least get $1 a month. all the additional content <laughs> that is available over there. I think it's 39 episodes. I have like 18 like Ooh, saved yeah. up that I need to just drop. I'll just do like a massive just Patreon. There's at least 15 soon. savory ones. I know. Yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just 
drop all 15 like in one massive dump pretty soon. Uh, and then, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network. Head over to ageofradio.org. There you can check out all the great shows that are part of the Age of Radio podcasting network. And you can check out Super Movie Bros page on there. And there you'll get a media player that will let you binge Super Movie Bros. So I want to thank all of you for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.